This is a wee bit of everything. The podcast that explores all things sport and teaching. Hello there and welcome to the A Wee Bit of Everything podcast with your hosts Lewis and Clark. Thanks for coming back to tune in to this week's episode. We really are amazed by all the support we have received from everyone so far. Our partner of the podcast is Premiership Experience who have played a big role in helping us develop. Premiership Experience offer fantastic sports tours within the UK and abroad so be sure to check them out on Twitter at Prem Experience. This is a professional learning platform where we get ideas and insights from like-minded professionals. Our vision is to inspire, to teach and to entertain. So let's get started with this week's episode of A Wee Bit of Everything. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the A Wee Bit of Everything podcast with your hosts Clark and Lewis. Episode 93 brings us Vicky Rice, who is the Deputy Head Teacher at Stonemore High School in South Lanarkshire. Vicky's a PE teacher too, or she was a PE teacher. Um, and she's going to share some insights and experiences and highlights throughout her career um, as a PE teacher and as a deputy head teacher as well. So, Clark, do you want to share with the listeners what the kind of breakdown of the questions are going to be for tonight's episode? Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. We're having Vicky Rice on the podcast. Um, we're going to get a wee bit of an understanding of her career to date and kind of what motivated her to become a PE teacher. And also our most memorable experiences along the way, which I'm looking forward to hearing. We're also going to hear about what, how she values PE in schools and what, what um, place they have uh, in, in school in terms of pupil learning and also in terms of creating a whole school ethos. Um, we're going to talk a bit about feedback and how this is important to improve pupil learning. And then lastly, we'll talk a bit about um, what makes a high quality PE lesson. And then as always, let's finish off with a quick fire round. Um, which will be the last part of the episode. So strap in and we'll get started. Right, Vicky, welcome to a wee bit of everything. How have you been? Yeah, really good. Um, I think like every day, looking forward to our holiday coming up. Um, but Absolutely. Really good. Um, thanks very much for inviting me on here this evening. No, thanks for coming along um, to, to chat about PE and your experience and insights into your, your career. Um, so we'll get we'll get started on before we get into the kind of your memorable experiences as a PE teacher. Um, would you be able to give us and listeners a little background information on your career so far? Yeah, um, I started teaching in um, Curlook High School uh, down in um, Clydeside, um, and then I was did my probation year there. Um, I left there and did a couple of years supply work, uh, and I really enjoyed um, I enjoyed that the experience of that and then went into the South Lanarkshire Council rounds of interviews and actually returned back to Curlook um, and got a, secured a permanent position there as a PE teacher and again really enjoyed my time there and it was there I got her first opportunity to do it was an acting pupil support post um, and then from there I actually moved to Duncanrig um, I secured a permanent MPT pupil support post in I had a, a great time at Duncan Rigg and an absolute cracking AP department as well as people support team uh, and was still really passionate about my, my subject and worked with um, SQA. So I started off as a standard grade marker with SQA, moved to a national five marker when, when that came in and then an opportunity came to um, be involved in the hire team with implementing the new hire. So 
that um, I got involved with that team during my time um, at Duncan Rig. Uh, I then did a sideways move actually to faculty head um, of health and wellbeing at Les Mahago High School. So returned back to, to Clydesdale before um, moving to where I am just now, which is Stonewall High School, and that's now six years I've been there. Um, mm -hmm. um, a senior leader there, and so I've um, worked kind of all, all over South Lanarkshire Council. Actually, when you think about it, um, I think I've been in every locality and um, enjoy working in South Lanarkshire Council. Brilliant. Aye, cause it's, it's not normal. Well, it's unusual that you go pupil support then faculty head. But did that prepare you kind of for a faculty head job, like having that overview of the pastoral side of things as well? I mean, I think that was really invaluable. Just really learning about that, how young people, those challenges that young people come with. And, and I believe, see if you can get a, a bit of experience in people's support, see what that can do for you in terms of yep. what your pathway is, it, it will open your eyes. And, and if you, and I believe it will, yeah, I think that if you can get that opportunity, it's, it's a great opportunity. Did yeah. we not have a, a previous guest on that said that the exact same thing? Was it not, um, that, was it Lee Sullivan? Lee Sullivan, yeah, yeah that's right. He, did, he said that really shaped his vision for when he became like a, 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 a um, department head, as they call it down in England. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it just opens your eyes to as much as right. We're absolutely we're, we're key in, in getting that right for for young people, but actually, it just I think it just gives you that whole school context that um, is 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 really valuable. Mm -hmm. And then and then you're a deputy head teacher just now then at Stonewall. I am you, yeah, still, so. still teaching PE. Um, still I'm, not this, I'm not this year actually. I was I was headed first year for the last five years, and I always taught a first year class because I think that was quite important. Um, uh -huh. Now um, we, we changed it this year, and um, I, I taught at the beginning um, of the year. Kind of moved away partway through the year, um, and we're, we're kind of teaching senior school. We, we introduced the leadership award, so um, right. we've taken that on board this year. Um, the other deputies and I. So, but. Um, probably next year, get back, back into that. <laughs> You're missing it. Yeah. Well, actually, do you know that we've, um, and I think there's something about being in the classroom is, is being a deputy that's quite important, um, certainly to me anyway, um, just just around that, being, being in and around, uh, yeah. around that. Um, and I love my subjects, so um, I, I really enjoy uh, teaching it. And it's that moment where you're, it's just something quite magical that happens. Yeah, isn't definitely. It? Yeah. Switch off from else and just teach. And, uh -huh. Have you got a? Have you got like a kind of main sport that you? Um, I, I was a gym. I was a gymnast. That's what I did for nice. twenty. I want to say maybe, maybe twenty three years. I was a, um, um, a gymnast. So mm -hmm. that's where um, it's kind of where um, started. Um, and eventually, you know, gymnast. It's it's a young sport. So um, retired out of that, and I'm now suffering from uh, from uh, the, well, the conditioning and stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that that's where um it's kind of where my background lies and probably a bit of why I ended up in teaching. Yeah. Did you do some coaching and stuff like that? I take it once you kind of um, away from it. I, I did, and I was a judge as well. So. All right, nice. Um, I did. Um, I take it that that must help you a lot when you're doing like your one-off performances and stuff like that. But it must be quite hard to switch it from being super strict as a gymnastics judge to meeting like an at five criteria or a higher criteria. So you'll probably be used to elite level, I suppose. That, that's just about the context, isn't it? And, mm. and getting it right and, and knowing what you're what, what you're working with here. That actually, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was, I think the other wee thing of um, that bit where I enjoy teaching gymnastics in the classroom as well. So, and, and I think having that and that's that wee bit where I mean, I can't say so now, but when you still were able to do backflips, etc., and you can mm. stay 
appreciate that they always kind of made things you know happen in the classroom that was, was quite uh, yeah definitely yeah, yeah let's just remember vicky was saying it's a young person's sport don't be trying to go off and become a gymnast <laughs> after this episode <laughs> i don't think you've got i don't think you've got anybody me doing that so <laughs> they're quite good at the bike flips though no, that's my party trick. I stand the side <laughs> right, on a party trick. One of these days it's going to go wrong. But um, Right, brilliant. Thanks for sharing that with us then, Vicky. So I guess my question, um, kind of looking back at your career as a PE teacher, what are some of your most memorable experiences um, and I suppose some of your toughest challenges you've faced along the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's... Sometimes actually when you kind of reflect back on that, sometimes you're... you're toughest challenges actually turn out to be your best moments, don't they? Because mm-hmm. I think how you approach them, either it, it turns out really, maybe not how you thought it was, so it turns out really, really good. And then maybe you realise it wasn't so much to be fearful about and mm-hmm. or you learn something from it, don't you? So I think that there's, they almost go a wee bit hand in hand um, in terms of when you think back to that. I think considering kind of where I am just now, probably two bits I would look at in, in, in terms of my, my response to you. First is that PE teacher bit and second I suppose is a wee bit as a, as a senior leader and how that then, uh, that journey kind of shaped itself as well in terms of those real memorable moments and actually if I think back to that, that, that PE teaching when you, how about when you start a new school and you get a fourth year class and, and there's probably bizarrely kind of a fourth year girls class kind of springs to mind and that core PE, they, they, they weren't young people that chose PE but it was in that that core PE class and see trying to strike the balance of, of getting that right for them where you're getting them physically active because you understand the importance of that when they leave school you're trying to motivate them to do and some of them were, were really really tough classes to, to, to try and keep them going for that 50 minutes or, or that double period and you're trying every trick that you possibly have in the book you know everything that you go in you're, you're starting over again aren't you and and, and, and I would say the same where I kind of, you know, the other one was about that, um, probably around about a couple of years in between the, the, these two, if I kind of think to it, where it was a, and it was a fourth year boys um, standard grade class, actually, it was. And I had them in a Monday afternoon, paid five and six on a Thursday morning. I mean, the fact that I can still remember when, you know, I had yeah. them kind of ingrained in your memory. Yeah, but actually, <laughs> and you know, that way of you're thinking again, you're coming in and you're having to try and prove yourself as a teacher that you can yeah. support these young people and you can get it right and it's trying to get all those wee things to click and connect and they're two quite opposites but actually it's about doing the same thing being quite relentless with young people and the routines that you have and then one day it just tips doesn't it and it clicks mm-hmm. and, it's, and you think back to yourself I'll replicate that lesson again but it's not that one lesson that, that changes it it's, yeah. it's all the wee experiences that you've had with them and that idea that every interaction that you have with young people, you know, that could be the thing that they remember you for. So mm-hmm. it's really important in every your, your interactions with them, whatever you're talking about, or whatever you're trying to get them to understand or, or explain or learn or or do, that, that you, you just think that that could be the, the moment that they take away. And you don't know what they're going to take away from it. So I think that that's quite memorable. That, that those fourth year classes are always ones that kind of stick in my mind. Yeah. But they were challenging, but really yeah. The end, say in, in terms of in terms of uh, of that. So that's certainly something I think from if, if I'm really honest with you, um, from a leadership um, perspective, um, and in the job that I'm in just now, that, that, that's I would say that that's um, probably been one of my toughest challenges. Um, I've, I've been six years in that school, and, and if I'm honest with you, um, I was young when I got the, the job, which again brought. A, probably a personal challenge to, 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 to the post in terms of 
really trying to, to, to prove yourself to, to, to new to a whole new um, cohort of staff that, that I, I didn't know. I believe I tried to do that through teaching PE and, and getting in there and, and, and delivering lessons. Um, but again, and I also had this um, elite learning teaching assessment. So I went into a new school. They don't know me. I had the opportunity to lead learning and teach an assessment, which I think is one of the, the, the most important remits within the school. I took that over from my head teacher who led the learning and teach an assessment group, so there was a wee bit of pressure there. Pictures um, to fill. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm nowhere near that as well. Um, so again, just the, the, the pressure, um, the pressure of that. So I, I think. But actually, it was just through that relentless routines, again, in the same way that you would in your, your classroom, you know, going through those motions of really trying to, to get that right. But I would say that that's, that was, you know, quite, quite a big challenge there in terms of um, really about knowing the context that you're in. And, and I think probably something that um, I, I kind of took on board from, from there, getting into the, the senior leadership role, was that idea that particularly in a teaching assessment, you can only move as fast as, as the context that you're in. And three wee words that I've got written in my whiteboard, which is now everywhere and, and agreed. You can have two out of the three um, at any one time. And, and I think that was probably a bit of a, a, a personal challenge there around sometimes, and I would imagine you two are probably the same, you, you want things to happen now, but, but in order to have mm -hmm. it now, Maybe kind of have it everywhere. So, and it was about just understanding the, the context. So, there's probably two things I would say that have been the biggest challenges, but probably the most memorable, and probably the best um, experiences that, that that I've had. Mm -hmm. I can certainly resonate with the, the fourth year um, class scenario that your fourth year core class. I think that's arguably the hardest um, year group to to try and get on board and engage. Certainly, and I'm speaking like a. a from like my very first experience in my probation year, it was like my first day, last two periods after lunch with a fourth year class. And I was like, I had, I went up there all guns blazing, ready to um, do this marvelous table tennis lesson. I was like straight in the pan. And I was just, and it was, it's just stuck with me. And I was like, right, that's definitely know how to approach that. But again, you just learn so much from those experiences where you do feel like you're just yeah. a slap in mm -hmm. the face ultimately. You do, and, and it's just, it's, it's been relentless with those routines and, and that mm. consistent, isn't it, consistent behaviour all the time that, that, yeah. that as adults we, we demonstrate and trying new things with young people and, and what's going to engage them and what, what, what works for them and, um, but, but you need to start that every day and, and I yeah. think that it's, it's just about that, that being relentless, I think that is. Yeah, definitely. I think we had a podcast guest on, Tom Bennett, was on talking about behaviour, uh, <laughs> how to teach behaviour across the curriculum. And he was saying, like, you need to be predictable for the young people. So even if it is that you, you've constantly been relentless, you're still being predictable and the same, and they know what to expect when they come into your lesson or into your department. Mm -hmm. um, That's how you make them feel safe, isn't it? They know what's yep. going to happen. They know how you're going to respond to that. And, you know, they talk about that calm adult behaviour at all times and relentless mm -hmm. routines. And, and that's, yeah. that's, you create that, that environment for young people, don't you? Um, by what yeah. we do every single day. Absolutely. I like the interaction bit as well. Like you don't know what they're taking from it. Um, but just trying to make it a positive and, uh, interaction with all, every, every young person that you speak to. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, on the podcast, um, over the last several episodes, anyway, we've always kind of come across the same, well, maybe not the same phrase, but we've heard it a few times now in the podcast. So, can I added this into one of the questions? So, we often hear that PE is the, the beating heart of our schools. So, in your opinion, Vicky, what does physical or what value does physical education have in our schools? I mean, it'll probably come as no surprise that I'm, I'm going to 
probably echo that and say, I mean, there's a, a, a multitude of things that I believe that PE bring, brings and adds to young people's lives. You know, if, if you just take that idea where you give them the opportunity to try something new and that new thing that you could try, you might, you know, unearth their talent that they didn't know that they, they have. Um, when the, the, the teachers in um, the department in Stonewall, he created for young people, um, we have been scouted cards. So he, the department give them out to get kids to go along to an, an after school club. So if you see that talent in your class and, and young people can walk away feeling pretty good around uh, that and it's a curriculum. Um, and so I think that there's, there's things like that where you see something is, is, um, is, is, is teachers of physical education. I also think that through sport, and, and we will probably all know this, we've had huge setbacks in our sporting career, you know, hence why we're probably in the PE profession and not in the professional athlete profession. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm doing podcasts on a, a Tuesday night rather than playing football. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, with those setbacks, you know, I think that you build resilience and you only build that when things are tough and hard and, and, and how you cope and, and, and all those situations. I think PE builds all of that. I think that... You know, we don't have the ability to get every young person an A, but, but we absolutely have the ability to make young people feel something good in every lesson that we have with them. Mm -hmm. That 50 minutes that you've got with them, you have the ability to you know, go down those wellbeing indicators or make young people feel safe, you know, make them feel that they're achieving something. You know, we have the ability to, to do that. And I think just about the opportunities both in the curriculum and out with the curriculum. I mean, certainly within the school I'm in, P department's a fantastic P department where our numbers are, are, are bursting and, you know, we, we create time within the timetable for it because we, we know that young people will be successful there. I think PE adds in two, you know, a couple of different ways in terms of young people's attainment. I think that it adds to those young people that want to go off to university. We can absolutely cater for them, but we also cater for you see young people where they need one hire to get into that next destination. I think mm -hmm. PE opens that door for them where mm -hmm. we, 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 you know, we accommodate those young people and make them feel good about themselves and we get them the qualification they need to take that next step. So, so I think the PE adds all of that, but see if you think about it, you know, if you're a music teacher, you might argue that actually that kind of adds that. So what's the thing that sets PE apart, right? So what is the thing that gives PE the wee edge over all other subjects within the school that are maybe of a practical nature that, um, and I kind of think about it a wee bit like, see that the health benefits from, from PE, I think. Well, the physical. Mm-hmm. You cannot under, underestimate the health benefits that come from that and actually see if you scale that up, see if you get your PE strategy right throughout, throughout school, right? You've then got the opportunity for young people to engage in physical activity. That should hopefully lead them to that idea where they might go and participate in a club or an activity. So they might then start to take a bit better care of their nutrition. They, what they then might start to do is come away from screen time because they're engaged in, because they're engaged in sport. Then what they might happen to do is actually get better night's sleeps because they know that the impact, if they don't, you know, the impact that has on them and actually they've got the opportunity not just to talk about health because PSE talks about health, you know, you'll talk about health and science, but actually you get to feel it, you get to breathe it, you get to live it in, in, in PE and, and actually see if we get that right within schools, you potentially could have a healthier community. You could yeah, then definitely. have, you know, a healthier you know, you want you want to go, you know, big scale. You could actually, you know, you know, expand that right out to, to, to Scotland being healthier. If you've got healthier Scotland, you know, mm -hmm. you've got economic growth. So I think you can scale it up and up if you get the strategy right for young people. And I think that's me that tips to you overall um, the other subjects around the, the real health benefits that, that it can have if you get that strategy right. 
I love the I love the idea of how you've linked it to the the actually need to experience it, and if you can put them like I just I've even noted that down to the idea like those you've been scouted cards. Like how amazing must that feel for like a young person like saying that you've actually noticed like a, a talent, and then you get that wee card, and then that could be the spark that actually changes um, their life. Essentially, they could go and pick up, start doing a club, and then they're actually experiencing all those things. Um, and then they can tie that into, like you say, like better night's sleep because they want to have the energy to do that activity. And then it's just like it spirals in a positive way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, see if you need any of those books, like Atomic Habits or those things about people being success, those success books. And you actually it roots it back into success people, you know, the, the, the exercise, okay, they take care of their diet, they, you know, they sleep well, they, you know, they do all those things. So actually we've got the opportunity in schools to, 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 to really teach young people about that and to hear the, all those wee things that you do, piece them together, creates quite successful young people and their attainment will improve. If they do all those things that, you know, their attainment will, will improve and they'll have that time out that they need that, you know, to go and do a physical activity to then come back to their studying and I think yeah. you can get that right for young people. It can yeah, it's one thing just, it's one thing like you say, just trying to teach it and go through it. it all sounds fantastic on paper, but actually getting them to experience it, I think that's obviously the most, the most important bit. And like you say, that's obviously puts PE, like gives it that wee edge. Yeah, that's kind of my, my take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think in, in, when you think of your classes as well, there's that cohort of people that are self-motivated that turn up and already go to clubs, but then you've also, also got this other cohort who probably want to do it, but just don't have the confidence to, like, we just need to push them on, and then you've got the other cohort who turn up and hate, hate it and don't like it, whether it's down to a parental mindset as well, or it's been passed down, or they've had a bad experience. So you've got all these, you've got almost got those three different groups that you have to kind of, work with as well isn't that it's not just all going to be easy you do and i think that motivation is is a really interesting thing around motivation because we want young people who are motivated um within schools and actually it's the only place it's compulsory so Mm -hmm. there's something that that doesn't kind of connect there and so what is it that we can do within our classes and that's where if you think about all the different activities you know offering p to try and hook those young people in think about whether it's your senior phase core, is that more about, you know, creating to experiences, I mean, probably, you know, people that do like body attack, or all of those things, you know, take them mm-hmm. into to a gym to allow young people to experience that so that they have the confidence that they can then go on and do that mm-hmm. out with school and, you know, that, that real physical activity for life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole target, I would say, for lifelong participation. And then we've got the responsibility to make it a, I suppose, an enjoyable um, inspiring atmosphere so they they want to continue after that mm-hmm. um, right well as you were saying Vicky you were lead of the teaching and learning assessment working group or was it not the working group the whole school okay. strategy yeah that lead the working group in Stonewall yeah right well, that, that kind of leads quite nicely into, the, into this question I'm part of the working group for feedback in my class in, my, in, in the school that I'm working in the deputies who's leading learning teaching and assessment in my school um, has has me kind of helping out with this this side of it. So just to get your thoughts on how important feedback is in in terms of improving learning for young people. What would your thoughts be on going about kind of leading a group of teachers um, to improve the quality of the feedback during lessons, like across the, like each subject? Uh, I mean, see if you're the if you're the lead person for any aspect of learning, teaching, and assessment. But for me. Um, 
you know, have, have an opportunity to, to do that in Stonewall. Um, the, the first thing for me is around, um, you know, that mastery, about really, really knowing your craft there um, in, in terms of, I, I believe that if you're the person leading it, you, you have to pretty much immerse yourself in it. And I, I liken it a wee bit to marathon running, being the person that leads that, because say you chose to, so say Lewis decides to go run a, a marathon um, and Lewis has to do the training for that. You couldn't go do the training for him. And, and, and I think that there's something around, you need to do the hard work around all of that. And I, th I think the next wee thing that comes from that is you need to, to declutter because whether it's feedback that you're, if you're talking about, it, it's vast, the amount of reading that's available there, the amount of podcasts, the amount of um, mm -hmm. videos that you could watch on, on YouTube, it, it's, it's huge. So what you need to do as a person that leads that is, is you need to go in and you need to just, you need to read those books, you need to engage in those podcasts, you need to engage in those conversations and you need to invest the time the same way you would if you want to run a marathon, you need to invest the time in the training that, that comes with it if you want to run the marathon and you want to, you want to do it well and I think that, what, that the skill of somebody that leads something is, so if it is feedback, you need to then declutter that for the people that you're leading. You, you also need to consider the context that, that your school's in. So, so what, what, what journey is everybody on? And, and I think that's that's the complex nature of schools that you have your school and your school will be at one point in the feedback journey or the learning and teaching journey. But within that, each individual department will be at a different point of that journey. And then within that, each department, the individual teachers will be at different parts. And again, I'll, I'll link it back to, it's like being a marathon, the start of that race, you have got the novice, right the way through to the expert. So how do you get everybody in the same race? How do you get everybody working to their absolute best? And, and I think that's about knowing your, your context. And, and your context is really, really important because that tells you how fast you can go. That tells you when actually, you no, know, I need to take a wee step back. And, and that also helps to think about like, who, are the, who are the teachers that I need to get on board with me? Because you, you both know this from probably doing this podcast, it's much easier when it's two of you, um, opposed to just Definitely. doing it individually. It's, it's the same concept there. And then there needs to be that shared understanding of, of language. And sometimes that's when you can kind of come up against that, of it's just another buzzword. But for me, it's not really about that. What it's about is a shared language that people understand so that when you talk about something to do with feedback, everybody in the school knows what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's staff, I totally understand what you mean there, or whether it's young people. And I think that there's a job to do around both in terms of understanding what high quality feedback looks like and feels like within the classroom setting. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's, that's, quite, that's quite important. And again, I come back to that now everywhere and agreed. And, and that's a, a concept that, you know, that needs to be considered about if you want it in every single classroom and you want everybody to agree with it, then you can't have it now. You need to be patient with it a wee mm -hmm. bit, like running a marathon. You need to be patient with your training. You, you need to go through that. So I, I think that's the first bit about that real you being the master in that, um, decluttering it, getting a shared understanding um, and a shared language around all of what, what it is that you're wanting to do. And then picking a couple of strategies and, you know, and trialing them with your, the key people in your group and getting a wee bit of evidence behind you that this really works. And, and I think the thing for young people is, and you'll know this from thinking of those practical lessons when overhead clears are a really good example, where it's just barely going over the net and you eventually get the young people to stand side on and all of a sudden the shuttle goes to the back of the court and you know or it goes that wee bit further that they believe that you can now make them better so so what they do is they buy into that so i think that the, the first strategy needs to be something that young people connect with straight away and think they're going to make me better because if they can see that 
they'll, they'll, they'll buy into you and they'll listen to you and they'll, they'll work with you. And, and I think the environment that you create around all of that and you know the, the climate that you have where people trust you when you when you get into the conversations with them, young people trust that you're, you're, you're going to improve their, their performance is, is quite important. And you need to be relentless with the messaging around it and talking about it often and frequently and, and, and having everybody relentlessly talking about the, the same message and young people talking in the same language that you're talking in so that they understand what's happening and, and, and why they're getting feedback. I think that the why of it's quite important, but in order to do that, and you're really lucky you've got a, a you know, senior leadership team there who are saying this is important to us because you absolutely need that. We are, they're going to really help um, push that push that agenda forward, and yep. that's, time can be created in DMs, times created in the working time agreement. It's an improvement planning. So actually, what you have there is you know that that, that where it cascades across the whole school, and everybody's then talking about it. So I think if so, whatever your your the aspect of feedback that you're going to look at is it's, it's kind of starts from there and then filters down. Brilliant. No, I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for sharing those kind of key messages there, uh, Vicky. I like the marathon training. Um, yeah. uh, what's it called? Analogy. Analogy. Thanks, Lois. Save me right. there. No, back Save. up. Sorry, mate. Save. <laughs> like that's, why that's why it's better with the two years. <laughs> I absolutely. In case, <laughs> case I forget certain words. Because uh, we both, both like doing the marathon training, so that was actually really, really useful to, to understand it as well. Um, the marathon training for me is is that nobody can do it for you, and that's important. Yeah. But you need to do the hard work. That's and that's kind of that that for me is, is what it is. Where you're the person that needs to do the hard work. And have you have you like consulted like pupils in terms of the process of leading the learning, like and thinking in terms of feedback, like what feedback do they like to receive to improve the learning? But that I, I would you, would you say that would be a, a, a good idea? Yeah, I mean we, we we do use people voice in terms of talking them through like where do they where do they see it is, is it consistent across the school um and so, sometimes though that the strategy that works best may not always be the one that young people like the bit like best so right. I, I think it's about finding the balance there isn't it between yep. absolutely listening to what they're saying but sometimes there's key things that that you, you need to, to happen because sometimes if you know when you go into that retrieval practice things there where that's tired and it's tough because you need to think and learning's tough and hard and young people might not like that but it's a strategy that's going to make it's going to improve their performance so mm -hmm. um i think that if you can show young people where the benefits come out but i think speaking to them about it i think all of that's really really important so that they understand the, the, the why bit so, so so why is my teacher telling me that i need to do this and, and this actually it's about making you know it's about improving your performance and i think they tell you i really like it when this happens so actually how can you scale that up and do do more of that or that's where they're exposed to think of the many teachers that they're exposed to in a day they see things yeah they'll see things different from everyone yes yeah. so they'll be the, the best judges there's a wee bit where they see actually this teacher does this um, I'm the link to science actually in, in the school that I'm in as, as well as P and DM a while ago they had young people in talking at their DM about um, and it was actually about retrieval practice and they were talking about what, what they liked from it and some young people had brought some stuff that had happened kind of that pre-COVID and which got us thinking around the learning teaching assessment group where what are the things that young people remember but so I think asking them is really important and involved mm -hmm. in the, the dialogue. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, just one, one wee thing on that. So see in terms of, because I'm on the learning teaching working group in my school as well, um, and we are currently looking at this like idea of a lesson evaluation toolkit. Because we've totally we've like created like our own learning standard for our school. So it's just like a visual type thing that's in every classroom, and it's I think it's mainly for the 
the staff to kind of refer to, but there's not a lot of detail in it. It's just basically what the structure of a kind of ideal lesson would look like in our school. Um, and then the toolkit that we've created off the back of reading the Teaching Delusion book, learn a bit about that in there and how useful that can be. Um, I guess we're just we're trying to like get that shared understanding amongst our um, staff and our working group, but it's obviously taking those next steps to get it implemented and stuff. Um, because a lot of the time it is like everything just sounds absolutely fantastic when you're speaking about it and all that, and then it's just trying to, like you say, take those steps to action on it. But do you, so you would suggest maybe just taking like one or two things and then trialing it first as a department maybe, or with a couple of people in the working group, how have you like successfully done that in the past? I mean, we started, can I, going back years, we started with learning intention success criteria, ah, about okay. really trying to get a consistent approach across the school. And, and I would say that we now, we now have that. I think that, that that's evident in every classroom, in every lesson that you will have learned. Like success criteria. So, so we started by embedding that, and then what we kind of through lesson observations um, that we used, and and we have kind of it's a jigsaw actually, which shapes out what uh, um, a, a lesson could look like and feel like, uh, look like and feel like for from a pupil's perspective in terms of what that should look and feel like, and in in terms of from staff, and and I think it's about finding what fits for your for your context. So, so what is it? it what is it that's going to have the biggest improvement within um, within um, the school that you're in and how can you take that and do you have the right people from the group that can because I think the other thing is is about um, I often deliver but equally there's a group of classroom teachers that, that deliver who I think are within the school um, within Stonewall who are fantastic at delivering and they're in that every day so, so again it's about their involvement within that but I think yeah if you can find a, a couple of things that you think are really going to move it a couple of things that we worked on a bit of a structure of a lesson to get that consistent and learn attention success criteria because then we can kind of build um, around that yeah. but I think on the flip of that there's a wee bit of the understanding of how learning happens and if you've read the teaching delusion you'll, you'll get that whole forgetting pit and how learning happens so actually there's a wee connection bit in there that needs to happen about understanding how young people learn Mm -hmm. I like that as well, like how to take, sorry Clark, just like you could focus on like one bit like learning intentions success criteria, so it could maybe be a case of like getting your shared understanding of the lesson evaluation toolkit, whatever it is, but then like focus on one part of it, like for everybody and try and get that and then, but I suppose it does take time, doesn't it? Like it's, it's everything, that's that now, yeah. agreed. I know, that's, I like that idea actually, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I was reading the teaching delusion book as well. We're giving them a good shout at the night, aren't we? Right. <laughs> um, the the feedback on the feedback, it was like you could give feedback on the success criteria. Or that's what you should be giving it on throughout your lesson. So it gives you like a focus of so you've got two or three things you want them to learn by the end of the lesson. That's your feedback should be um, given in in line with the success criteria. So it's focused and consistent. So. Um, yeah, I suppose I if you just trial one thing and then you can talk about that in, in the DMs as well, couldn't you? Mm -hmm. like yeah, I know, that's, that's definitely helpful to get yeah, into I'm going to take, 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 take that on board as well. Right, well moving on quickly here, so um, really good stuff so far, Vicky. We're going to move on to the last question, which is a kind of teaching and learning question. So lastly, in your opinion, what makes a high quality P lesson or if you want just a lesson in general? Yeah, I mean, I suppose that 
leads on from from what we were, were kind of saying, and I suppose we bit around what we focused on for, and we, we did have a real relentless focus on this, but for quite a while was that, that structure that, that young people, um, a structure of a lesson, so that young people there's a consistency to their day regardless of where they're going, and that starts with um, so so the beginning we are recapping prior learning, whatever mechanism, because I think it's important that teachers have autonomy in what they do, but there's a, there's a structure to, to what you do isn't there in terms of that so you would recap prior learning and then set up the plan for today so so that's the first thing that happens in every lesson that you go into and i'd be confident that any lesson you're into within stomo you would you would see that you then move into a real key bit where you create an experience for young people through high quality teaching and it's important that that does take place where the teacher you know you do teach them something within there and then you come to that bit where you then check for their understanding and that allows you to then if they actually understood what you hoped they would they would understand and within each of these so within each of those three sections there's you know layers and layers and layers of things that you could pick up on you could pick up in question you could pick up in feedback or differentiation challenge pace all of these things but i suppose i would um, kind of take it back to kind of your learning intention success criteria so within that and this might touch you on probably the last question as well that idea of is there a shared understanding of what learning intention success criteria should do you know so mm -hmm. is that understood about the why of, of how we use them um you know it's that idea about you need to get that bit right it's like your first touch and you know football is so important that your first touch is right so that learning intention success criteria is really important for how you then plan the rest of um plan the, the, the learning and also what um how you then set that up for young people you know is that is there evidence that um that your learning intention success criteria are planned over a period of time or, or is it just that individual lesson because you know anything you need it's about planning learning not just a single a single period so looking at your learning intention success criteria whether it's a block of work that you're doing whether it's your first year course that you're doing is is there is there evidence that that's planned throughout and is there evidence of progression of your learning intention success criteria as you go through it you then got to the bit where i think it's important that your learning intention success criteria demonstrate those high expectations that you have for young people so you really offer them that challenge and uh, challenge as well as support within there so um and that's quite evident through um, your learning intention success criteria and if you're in the BGE, is your success criteria rooted in the benchmarks so that young people know what they need to do to be successful and then they can start to see, well, and what, then you can get into that chat around levels because you're achieving that. So where are we then? What's our kind of next steps there? And, and then do, do you reference your learning intention success criteria throughout your lessons? You know, do, do you use them in your question? Do you use them in your feedback? Do you revisit them at the end where young people can check their progress? And, you know, there's how you measure what they've managed to achieve within that lesson but then equally you revisit them at a later point and you demonstrate learning that's taking place so but i think it's about that within all those different parts of um all those different parts of a lesson so but that's that so, so it's probably to round that up it's kind of that that beginning then you mm -hmm. quality teaching where you, you know where you really teach them something and then you check they've understood what you've um what, you, what you've wanted to teach them brilliant thanks for that uh, covered a lot there that was that was really uh Good to hear, uh, Vicky. Loving the analogy about the, the, the first touch as well in football. If it's anything like Clark's first touch, we're on a hiding to nothing, mind you. But... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, that was a good one. I, I think you don't lose that, do you? That's that bit of that PE teacher comes out and everything that you say and do, because it's yeah. Yeah. There's so much with sport, isn't there, that you can link to and young people create. Yeah, and... yeah definitely connect the dots with it. Mm -hmm. so. Well, thanks very much, Vicky. That's just kind of finished the main part of the, 
the episode. Um, took a lot of kind of notes here as well when you were talking. So um, I think as well, like see, see we like these episodes. Um, like a lot of things you you do hear and stuff like that. But I just think the way that some people explain it just makes you think about things in a in a different way as well. And I just think that's it's so valuable. Um, for me anyway, that's that's what I think about. I think it's enough for me as well. Then sure, um, sure for the listeners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it will have a positive impact. So thanks very much, Vicky. Right, final part then of the episode is our we quick fire round the three questions. So the the last question um, is obviously kind of linked to teaching. The first two you can link it to anything at all. It doesn't necessarily need to be um, what the podcast was about. So first one, if you could have a giant billboard anywhere on and anywhere in the world, it's easy for me to say. What would it say on it? Only ninety three times I've said that. Okay, so mine's uh, um, probably needs to be a car park or something so you get plenty of time to read it or it needs to be somewhere stationed somewhere and it's a quote actually I have on my wall um, in my office and if I would, I would ask for your patience maybe for 30 seconds and I'm going to read it to you. Um, it's the, the, the man in the arena um, and it's uh, Roosevelt that um, said it and he talks about it's not the critic who, who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails by daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold or timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That's really good. That's like... Being courageous, isn't it? Being brave. It is, and I think it's that bit where, you know, sometimes, you know, um, that idea about who you listen to is really important and make sure that, you know, that you, you're listening to, to the people that are in the arena with you, that are doing the hard work with you, that mm-hmm. it's really, really easy to sit, isn't it, in the sidelines. Yeah, that's not very good. And actually, see, when you're the person that's, that's in it and doing it and doing that hard work, then come on board and do that with us. Mm-hmm. 100%, that's brilliant. Uh, the easy option is to sit at the side and make comments and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, but you want people that are in the arena and, you know, I think that's surrounding yeah. yourself by the people that are in the arena with you. Well, it comes down to like, taking action as well, doesn't it? Like People are willing to take that tangible action with you and take, take something forward. It is, and it's great. I think you even you know yourselves doing this, where you know you took a bit of a leap of faith doing that, and you know you know took that that step of that hard work, and you know um, I think that's I think it's a, that's it's kind of what that's about. Yeah, that's it. And we didn't we weren't too sure how it was going to go. We didn't know what we were going to talk about to start with. Actually, I mean, we spoke about it. You try it, and then you yeah, and then it works. It's just yeah. evolved. Yeah, definitely love that. Right, number two then. Which people or books have had the biggest influence on your life? Or you can pick um, one of each, I guess, if you want. Um, I think quite a few people have influenced um, my, my life today. Um, I think, you know, I would start from my parents have certainly. They were the people that, you know, got me into gymnastics, which ultimately I think kind of got me to where, where I am today. That was my starting route, I think couple of coaches that were in there and maybe don't know that they were who were PE teachers actually um, and they still are PE teachers um, and they coached me that I thought it sounds really great and then I think so I think it's about key people at different points of your life actually isn't it that have been a real influence I think 
some of the colleagues that I've worked with in, in, in different schools have helped shape my journey um, to where I am. And, and, and I have to say that I think over the last kind of six years, um, my head teacher's certainly been somebody that's influenced and shaped my career. And so, so I think it's, it's all those little things that are added together that has kind of influenced me in, in ways. And, you know, that bit about in the wall had that part of that been part of that journey. Brilliant. Final one then. What top three tips would you give to our teacher listeners right now to improve the quality of their teaching? I, I think the first thing is an awareness that there's maybe not three things that you could do. There's a hundred things that you could do. And I think it's about that idea that um, and it's the combination of all those little things. So I think that's it about the combination of, of hundreds of little things working together that, um, that eventually get you to where you want to be. I think the next thing is around that, that professional learning that you can do, whether you're a reader, whether you're somebody that surrounds yourself, your network's really important um, in terms of who you surround yourself with and the communication that, that you have there. Um, and third, I think it's about relentless optimism. Like that, that's really all we have. Um, if, we, if we strip it right back, that's, that's, that's kind of it. That's what we have in our bag um, to get us through. Um, and that, I think, coupled with a relentless work ethic will absolutely stand you in good stead. Mm -hmm. I think it's always ultimately like getting a, a bit of a realization that you're never going to like get there. Like there's no really end destination, is there? It's just constantly striving to make it a wee bit better every time. It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying in that episode last week. It's like a pro P is like a process as a subject. It's not a destination. It's a constant process of developing yourself and improving. So through through the kind of school years, mm -hmm. I seen I seen that it was actually there's a this is a bit off topic, but I seen a um, a guy just speaking on a podcast today on on Twitter as I was um, having a wee scroll on it, um, that he was saying about like when you when you set yourself a goal, um, a lot of people think once you've like achieved that goal like that's it you stop it, but it's just like once you've achieved that set something new like you, you should never really be satisfied. But that was kind of his take on it. I suppose it's similar mm -hmm. to that. Absolutely. Anyway, um, Vicky, thanks very much for coming on and giving up your time tonight to come on and chat to the both of us. That was um, <clears throat> a very, a very insightful episode, and I've taken a lot of um, good tips away from that that I can certainly share back at my school, and I'm sure the listeners will take a lot from it as well. So, thanks very much. No, thanks very much for um, inviting me on. I um, really enjoyed um, having a chat with you tonight. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Vicky. Nice to, nice to meet you. Right, well, that brings us to the end of episode 93. But before we finish off, as always, we will give you our thoughts and our takeaway messages from tonight's episode with Vicky Rice, who um, shared a lot of excellent insights into teaching and learning. And um, we got a wee insight into her career as a PE teacher as well. So, yep. Clark, would you like to kick us off with tonight's episode? Well, do. I'll kick off with my takeaway message. Um, so, basically... The thing I was going to say, um, Vicky was saying at the start about the PE being a driver in schools in terms of the health impact that they can have because it's a physical subject and what it, what that actually has over art and drama um, and music, which are practical subjects as well, is that it can, you know, get them active, they can live and breathe the subject um, when they're taking part in sport. Um, and then hopefully that will then entice them into taking their, their sporting careers a little step further and joining a club and then from there they'll hopefully then take care of their, their diet and what they eat before and after um, so they can then sleep better hopefully and then all in all the, that positive interaction with their friends as well and their teams should then result in 
better well-being, social well-being, um, and also as a byproduct of all that, they should hopefully be having less time on their phones due to being physically active, and then the sleep as well, having a positive impact on sleep from there. So I, I think sport has the power to really drive those health benefits and and you know their whole well-being as well from that point of view. So I really took that away from tonight's episode and. Something that'll be, I'll be, I'll be in my mind tomorrow when I go into work. Oh, Joe, key takeaway message be Mr. Tell you what, Mr. Burrow, that was a well put takeaway message. I'll give you that. That is, um, that's ninety three episodes of pure takeaway messages coming right out there. Well done. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Um, no, very good episode, like you say. Um, my takeaway message was in relation to the bit where I kind of asked about the the learning teaching working group and how she can she would take it forward. And I like what um, Vicky spoke about. To, to kind of take action on it, they decided to work on learning intention and success criteria as like their first thing. So not trying to do everything at the one time, just focus on that one aspect of a lesson um, and get that nailed so that everybody's got a shared understanding of it and everyone's kind of doing it consistently across the school and then move on to something different. So I really like that um, part of it. So something that I will certainly be sharing with um, with our group back at school during our next meeting um, because we're currently in the process of um, taking the next steps with it so it's um, something that was kind of resonated with me quite a lot so if yeah I, I really like that idea and basically just to echo what you said about the the importance of PE and how we can put pupils and young people on that path to um, experiencing those messages that we try and emphasize all the time throughout the school about living a healthy lifestyle and stuff like that PE can really be the catalyst for that and make them experience the importance of a good night's sleep better nutrition um absolutely all good stuff I really I really like that that episode and it's made me think differently about certain things so um yeah that would be my takeaway message and I I hope the people listening got took as much away from that as um you you and I did so well we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as myself and Clark did um, and until next time um, we will see you again on the wee bit of everything podcast take care thanks again for joining us in this week's episode of the podcast we hope you've been able to take something away that you can implement into your practice or life if you regularly listen to the podcast then why not leave us a review to let us know how we're doing and where we can perhaps improve That way we can take action and further develop the Obo podcast. Until next time, we hope you have a fantastic week. Take care.